Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Online Warriors podcast. Uh, we're back, all three of us this week. Uh, we had uh, a two-person cast last week, but I'm happy to report that I'm alive and well and back and still Illegal 86. And I am joined by your fearless host from last week, Nerd Bomber. It was super difficult to be the host without him. It really was. Uh, you did fine. Well, people have been calling me up and saying, don't come back because she was better. So it's controversial, frankly, that I'm even here, but we're going to try and roll with it. Uh, and of course, Tactic One is here as well, Hello. as you already heard. <laughs> he is still around and still kicking. Um, and yeah, we've got a lot to talk about today. A lot of new stuff. Um, the first of which is more talk. We have mentioned the Patreon before this, right? But this is like the... I think launched. we've talked about the Patreon in abstract, but just like it was coming, not that it was a thing in real life. So now because um, Patreon are, is raising their rates, we maybe would have taken a little bit more time, but we crunched over the weekend and we figured out what we wanted to do for our Patreon tiers. So it launched in all of its fabulousness this weekend. And there's three different tiers. If you want to support us on Patreon, any amount of money that you would be willing to give us to make our lives easier, support the hosting fees for the podcast, or help us improve the show is greatly appreciated no matter how big or how small. Um, there's three different tiers we have, and we were really clever and based them around like the knighthood process. So the first tier is the page tier. It starts at a dollar, and you'll get access to like a super secret bonus segment. Um, and any super secret bonus segment that we might do, it's going to be Patreon exclusive, no matter what tier you sign up at. Uh, we also have a lot of cool other rewards and gimmies, like if you're a squire or the night tier, which is the 5 or $15 a month tier, you'll also get super special vlogs that are exclusive just for you. And if you're a knight, you might even get to be on the show. Well, I say might, but you will get to be on the show. If you subscribe with the night tier and you're a subscriber for three consecutive months, we'll have you as our guest on the Online Warriors podcast. How cool would that be? So cool. Listen, you guys, you don't want to be that guy. And I know from experience who you're, you're walking through the office or you're like walking down the hall in school and, you're, and your best friend comes up to you and goes, did you see that super secret special exclusive segment that the Online Warriors recorded? Did you listen to it? Did you hear the funny things they were saying? Did you hear the stuff they talked about? And you're like, no. You don't want to be that guy. That guy sucks. Be a cool guy uh, like us, first of all. We are very cool. Um, and support us and get access to the super, super awesome content. Uh, we're going to have a super secret bonus segment uh, this week that you can listen to. Um, should I say what it's about or is that part of the secret? I mean, I think you can tease what it's about. People got to know what they're signing up for, right? All right. So this week it's about the Met Gala, which if you are a fashion person, again, like we all are, we're all very fashionable. Uh, you can hear us review some of the hottest outfits. Um, so yeah, it's stuff like that that you're going to be getting access to. And um, I mean, how cool is it to be a knight? That's another thing that I haven't even mentioned. Super I cool. It's super cool. So um, check it out at patreon.com. Like, sir. Slash... Sorry. Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll call you sir. What What's the... I hate to ask this, but what's the female version of sir? Lady. Like, what... No, I think it's still sir because um, if, you, if you watch Game of Thrones, no spoilers, there is a lady knight or lady warrior 
who may have become knighted, and I think she's just Sir. Oh, you know what, though? Isn't... Because everyone calls Judy Dench Dame Judy Dench. Oh, maybe you're a dame. No, I'm pretty sure it's lady. No, lady is right. if you're like a noble. Anybody can be a lady. But a knight is considered nobility, I thought. No, a knight is a special warrior. It isn't like a nobility title, but you're... I don't know why I thought this would work, warrior. but I just... I googled dame, just the word dame. How'd that work out result, for you? It did not work. The first result was Notre Cathedral Notre Dame de Paris. And it says temporarily closed. <laughs> Too soon, Google. Too soon. Uh, I'm going to do a, a more of a deep dive. Yeah, okay. Uh, in the UK, the title given to a woman equivalent to the rank of knight. So yeah, uh, you could be a sir or a dame. We will call you that. Uh, we will shout you out on the episode. Um so yeah, I mean, check it out. Patreon.com slash Online Warriors Podcast. Um, I think you'll be pleased with the content that we roll out. Um, another thing that we want to do before we kind of get into our roundtable roundup and, and dive into the news is uh, we want to give a quick shout out to another indie podcast that's just getting its wings, uh, the Trash Talk Podcast. So um, they're, they're kind of like us. They're a weekly podcast. Uh, co-hosts Austin and Travis have a fun and in-depth discussion on movies, comics, TV shows, and games. Twisted it is, and the reason it's called the Trash Talk Podcast is that they're talking about all this stuff all while drinking. Um, So you're going to want to check it out. Each week they've got a new theme to cover. The last episode they talked about was about a really bad Hulk spoof, and um, they had some pretty entertaining things to say about it, um, given that it might be one of the worst superhero movies ever. So if you want to check them out, you can find them on iTunes, Podbean, and Twitter at Trash Talk Pod. Shout out to Austin and Travis. Um, so yeah, let's, let's, let's dive in, guys, um, to the Roundtable Roundup. I don't I mean, know if we still call it that. Yeah, I'm not really sure. I know we did for a while, but I feel like it's cool to bring it back now that we really like embrace the night theme. I was just going to say, now that we're talking knights and lords and ladies, we better be at the round table. Yeah, if you're a knight, you get to join us at the round table. How cool is that? Do you know what that'll now, make us? The knights of the round table. Oh, is it weird that our table is like an oblongated oval-y thing? It's not really... But we could take out the island and make it a round table. Okay. I'm actually sitting at a square table right now. And and with that in mind, I want to ask, why do you think the Knights chose a round table? I think, doesn't it give everybody, like, equal footing? Because there's no head of the table. So everybody is on equal terms. And you can see everybody better. I think that's actually factual. I know. I I said it with confidence. I think it I think you cracked it. But what about, like, a... like You know, like, poker tables, how they're, like, hexagons? Like, what if each person gets the side of it? I guess in case they, like, add or subtract people. Yeah, they don't want to have a separate... Right. If at a round table, you can just, like, jam more chairs in there. Get really cozy. Mm. Mm. Well, there you have it, folks. Uh, the round table was created for that purpose. We assume. I didn't look it up, but I, that sounds right. Um, let's talk about... <laughs> we're going to talk about a couple of trailers today, but let's talk about... Uh, what I think is the bad one first, which is the Sonic trailer. Um, you may have seen it. I think it has a lot of views on YouTube. Paramount Pictures is coming out with a Sonic movie in conjunction with Sega. And boy, there's a lot to to dissect here. I think it probably starts with just the way that Sonic looks. I just, I don't understand. So they gave Sonic really small little beady human eyes and he has that iconic, like, swoopy eyeball look. And then they gave him human teeth. 
That's just bizarre. Like uncanny valley times a thousand and ten. Yeah, he looks he looks too human. You gotta make him fuzzy and cute. You gotta, or else it, it's almost too relatable for. It's kind of like when everyone freaked out when the genie was blue. Will Smith, that is. Mm-hmm. Still not over that, by the way. Um, so this is just like adding more to it. Um, yeah, I just I don't know. Like I, I and I sent you guys this tweet. Someone tweeted, oh, "Boy, and I should be able to shout the person out, but I don't have it in front of me." Um, a graphic designer or some kind of visual artist took a stab at you know making him look better in like five minutes and made him look like immediately better by doing a lot of small things like by changing the shape of the eyes getting rid of the weird human teeth obviously um i think making the legs more skinny and giving him less of like a i I mentioned this to you guys too i think he has too defined a groin area if that makes sense I do. Like, I feel like you don't want to be able to even think about that area. You don't want to think about that area. And, like, I think I think the Sonic that we know has, like, two skinny little stick legs that go up to, like, a round body. And in between those two legs, there's just nothing. There's just roundness and nothing. But this is, like, this looks like a human person's legs covered with blue fur. And just, like, it leaves a lot to the imagination i guess i don't know i don't really know what the problem is no i want to i want to stress i don't think the legs were bad i think the torso length was the problem and the reason why i say that is because he should just be squished down to be a little bit more shorter i mean the entire proportions of the thing were totally off because body aside like the body was big but then the head was way too small it was almost like the people making this movie didn't look at any sonic content ever they just like saw one picture and were like okay we can kind of work with this kill it kill it with fire and then the visual artist who made him was didn't look at the picture ever again and was just going by memory yeah i mean there's so much sonic content there were tv shows and i mean granted none of this is like lifelike cgi but you had so many different cartoon versions of sonic you had so many different video game versions of sonic like they they Did- even if you didn't want 2d sonic they made 3d sonic like just Throw some fur on him like they did in Pikachu, Detective Pikachu. Bing, bang, boom. Now, did you, it's worth asking, did you, have you guys, like, are you big Sonic fans? Have you played a bunch of Sonic games? I love Sonic. I'm a huge Sonic fan. I've played tons of them. Best one, and this is undisputed, Sonic Adventure Battle 2 for the GameCube. Um, that is the one that I had, and I, that, it's the only Sonic game that I played. Clearly the best one. That I, is, in fact, the best one, in my opinion. There's, there's no... Challenger. I am currently playing Sonic Forces on the Nintendo Switch, where you get to have your own kind of custom character. There's not a lot of options, but it's fun game, but it's not still not anywhere near Sonic Adventure Battle 2. That said, all of those games hold one thing constant, is they always stay as true as they can while improving the graphics to the original character. I mean, even in Sonic All-Stars Racing Transformed, he looked so much better in that, and he was in a car. Like, they didn't have to do much to that, and he still looked more lifelike in that video game. Yeah, but you couldn't really see his groin space. No, because at the end, if you won <laughs> like I did, you That's always true. got to see him standing there like, oh, yeah, good job. Is that a dig? It sounded like a dig. <laughs> a little bit. I'm, again, I think I've talked about this ad nauseum on the show. I'm so excited for the next Sonic Racing game to come out. It's coming out soon in, like, 20 days-ish, maybe less. I'm so excited. 
so I've been doing some some brief research while you guys were talking. I actually so the first of all, I got confused. There is a Sonic Adventure two, which is the one that I had. No battle. The battle thing is a, it's a different thing. Sonic Adventure two battle is a different game. Um, which in, in case you were wondering, um, I played the crap out of Sonic Adventure two. Man, it was the only one I played, but man, it was amazing. Uh, you got these. I don't know how to pronounce them. You had you got like the little pets. Do you remember these little Chow pets babies. you got? Chows. They were. I remember I put. That was the most like. Cause I don't really play games like that. Like I would kill a Tamagotchi in like three seconds. Like I don't play games where I have to like raise a thing and like get it to like stay alive, let alone be good. Like I, I never play Pokemon or anything. But I, I dug, the Chow part of the Sonic games. So. Yeah, I mean the the studio is going to try and fix him up. I thought that's really interesting. And I guess to me that begs a weird question. So with like Sekiro, the shadows died twice, I think. I don't remember what the after the colon was in that video game title. But there was a, a big push because the game was super hard. And everyone was like, oh, like it would be really great if you guys could put an easy mode in the game so it would be a little bit more accessible for people who aren't hardcore gamers. And there was a bunch of backlash when people requested that, saying like, oh, you have to respect the creator's artistic vision and what they intended for the game. How does that work here? Because like, we all basically looked at this ugly Sonic, who is terrifying, and requested that whatever artistic vision they might have had, we basically told them, no, you're wrong, do it over. I mean, I think it's tough. Like, I, I don't know anything about Shadows Die Twice, but like, Sonic has, as we've already discussed, this huge brand, multiple games, like I think you said a TV show, like he's this huge iconic character. So I think the stakes are kind of raised there where if you get him as wrong as they got him, I do agree in a sense that the public opinion, the negative public opinion puts it on them to fix it. With that said, I don't know how they're going to fix it without moving the release date, which they have not moved the release date. I believe it's in November of this year. Um, so some graphic designers are going to be under serious duress. Um, it almost, and also, do you think they made like multiple versions of Sonic and this is just for whatever bizarre reason, the one that they really liked, like maybe they have multiple character models and they're like, eh, let's, let's test this one out. See if people like it as much as we do. I think they're just going to throw resources at it to, to stay on deadline. I mean, I just, I just took a class on keeping schedule and throw a resource at is the way to do it i mean i like i don't know i don't even know if the graphic design challenge is the biggest challenge they have in front of them someone made the good point i was i think i was reading an article or twitter or something like that someone said that the merch is the biggest problem because most of the merch given that the release date is probably like what five months away now most of the merch is already made so like they can't remake the merch and if the merch has a lot of Sonic in that weird Uncanny Valley likeness, then maybe there will be some collector's items that are like people are going to be fighting over because there'll be merch for the, a version of Sonic that was not in the final cut. I'm um, kind of excited about that. I can always go for a nerdy collectible item. I'm kind of wondering, I mean, I guess I, I, I don't know who they're targeting this movie or what our audience are targeting for this movie. Because I feel like Detective Pikachu, they're targeting more of an adult audience in a way. And it almost seems this way because do little kids even really know about Sonic right now? 
So would a lot of this be targeted towards adult audiences where you're going to get like Funkos that aren't really in the likeness that you'd see in the movie anyway? Like, are you going to get that kind of stuff? I'm sure there's probably a lot of merchandise out there that has Creepy Sonic on it, but I wonder how big of an impact it's going to have. I think you're asking the right question of, boy, who is this movie marketed to? Because I think a lot of the jokes that are in the trailer and a lot, just the way the whole movie seems, it seems like a kid's movie, but then they like put Gangsta's Paradise over it. And like, like you said, the fact that it's a character that was mostly popular in like the eighties and the nineties, like I, I want to think it's geared towards us. Either way, it doesn't seem like a movie that's for me when I watch the trailer. I think you're probably um, right about the merchandise, though, because, I mean, think about what's easier to make, something that looks realistic or something that inherently looks cartoonish from a toy standpoint. True. I mean, they might just make a bunch of, like, old-school Sonic stuff. Yeah. With the Sonic movie logo on it somehow. I mean, think think about your McDonald's toy that you got the other day. Looks nothing like Hawkeye. Oh my gosh. So this is kind of a little bit of a segue, but um, McDonald's has Avengers and Game figures as their toy currently. We're not sponsored by McDonald's, but I wanted a Happy Meal, A, for the nuggets, and B, because I kind of wanted the toy. So I get the Hawkeye toy, and it looks absolutely nothing like Hawkeye. It's kind of terrifying, because I don't even know who it looks like, but it doesn't look like him. So I've got this little like man statue. Wow, I just looked it up. You weren't kidding. It looks nothing like him. No, it really doesn't. And Pretty even cool. If you look at the back of his head, you can tell where they screwed up the hairline when they actually like made the, the figure. So they just painted over it, and it's just there's something really creepy about it. Can't and it lights my, up in the dark. Yeah, can't put am my I, finger on why I don't like it, but I don't. Am I even looking at the right thing? It looks more like Tony Stark. Yeah, yeah. it does. He's got the facial hair of Tony Stark. It's like they made Tony Stark and then we're like, just just make him Hawkeye, ship him out. Exactly. Like, I'm the, pretty sure that's what they did. The facial hair is very, very Tony Stark. And the hairline is, wow, this is interesting. It's on sale on eBay for $4.99. I might, I might pick one up. Really? That's yeah, because about- you got the rare one. I told you. So I have the rare non-Hawkeye Hawkeye? Yeah, you got the mystery one. Wow. I mean, 13 people viewed it today on eBay, so it's a hot item, it seems like. There's another one on sale on eBay for $9, so... Wow, man. I bet you took it out of the package. I could get two Happy Meals for that. Yeah, you could probably have turned a profit if you didn't just voraciously tear the plastic off of it. Um, Was that your way of segueing into the other trailer we need to talk about? It wasn't, but we can. Um... The other trailer we need to talk about is the Spider-Man Far From Home official trailer uh, that was released, I think it was Monday, Monday or Tuesday of this, yeah, I think it was Monday. Um, Before we get into it, can I just comment? When you click the trailer, it opens up with them warning you about spoilers. I wholeheartedly respect that. Oh, it was great. Especially coming from Tom Holland. Tom Holland personally warns you that there are spoilers, which is funny because... Tom Holland is, like, notoriously bad at keeping movies under wraps. So it's, like, it's funny coming from him, and it's also, like, really cool. And also, if you have not seen Endgame yet, well, first of all, if you've not seen Endgame yet, you probably should stop listening, because I feel like it's going to be hard to talk about the trailer without talking about spoilers, correct? I'm pre- I mean, the first, like, 
five seconds of the trailer, besides the warning, is a whole spoiler. So yeah, yeah I they, feel like, like we can't really talk around it without having spoilers in it. So yeah, they they hit you with it pretty much immediately, and um, yeah, th- th- this is very interesting because I, I did not realize um, that the way the Marvel so the MCU is is organized into these phases. You, you all probably know this already, but we are currently in phase three, and you would think that Endgame was the last movie in phase three, right? No, actually. Spider-Man is the last movie in Phase Three, so really, yes. So the presumption now is that it's the last movie in Phase Three because it really cements this idea of of a multiverse that was set up because of the snap, and now you have all these different branches of reality that can include the Disney Plus shows and anything else the movies want to do down the road. Um, you know, we saw a taste of that in Endgame with like with Loki escaping and getting his own show, and you know, so like it's it opens up worlds of possibilities. Um, the people at Marvel Studios could not be smarter about like how they're going to continue to milk money out of the general public for like. So what you're saying years. is Loki teleported to Disney Plus. That is where he currently is residing. Yeah, he's on the website. He's in the computer. Um. Yeah, I mean, I, first of all, and to go back to the trailer, like, I love Jake Gyllenhaal so freaking much. Um, he's definitely going to be a big, I mean, he's going to wind up being a bad guy because he's Mysterio, but, like, that's the kind of thing about it is that the whole premise of this trailer is Mysterio came from an alternate dimension or universe or whatever you want to call it, and he's saying he came from an alternate dimension or universe, whatever you want to call it, and like I, I saw the trailer on Reddit. That's where I first watched it. And I scrolled down after watching, and immediately everyone's like, "He is not from an alternate dimension. He is from Earth. He is a con man." This is a well-established fact from the comics. That was my first reaction too. Just knowing what I know about Mysterio, I think it's going to be really interesting because they they worked really hard in this trailer to paint him as the good guy. And there's a little part of me that almost thinks that. It's a redirect because they're he's such a well-known villain and they're painting like that obvious twist so clearly in this trailer that he's going to pretend to be a good guy and then turn out to be a bad guy that I feel like there has to be something more. There has to be what? another villain or some other scenario that's going to come into play that he's going to be a villain in this movie, but I don't know if he's going to be the main villain in this movie. Right, because like, because like, even after the first trailer, everyone was saying like, okay, Mysterio is the big bad guy, and he created the elementals to fight the elementals because to manipulate people, essentially, because he's a special effects genius and he's basically a con artist. Um, And I was like, yeah, makes sense. But now I'm more confused because he's saying he's from a different dimension. Everyone is saying, no, he has to be lying. But at the same time, I feel like he's not lying because the multiverse is definitely real. That's definitely where the MCU is going. Here's my thing with it and why I I tend to agree with you that, like, there's some other twist there. Because Nick Fury is a smart dude and he's on the same page with, yup, he's from another universe. I wonder if it's going to introduce the multiverse and he will have come from a different dimension as a bad guy in that dimension and sees the ability to come to this new dimension with these superpowers as his ability to like become this hero all-star positive influence or something. 
and con them all into basically becoming a, a rock star in this new dimension. And, well, and that would be super cool because, I mean, first of all, it would subvert the character and and subvert everyone's expectations for what Mysterio is going to be. And second of all, it would open so many doors for the future of the franchise to be like, oh, see this bad guy? He's going to become a good guy. Like, I hate to, I hate to reference... A, f- a successful franchise that a I don't know why it's successful and b I haven't seen any of the movies. But what I know about the Fast and the Furious franchise is that the way the movies go now is they all fight a bad guy and then at the end the bad guy becomes a good guy, and like it's clearly working for them. <laughs> they they get a bigger and bigger crew each movie. They make a billion more dollars. Um, maybe that's the way the MCU is going to go. It's rather than fighting bad guys and I don't know killing them or whatever they're going to fight them and the bad guys are going to turn into good guys or something like that um I mean Marvel has a well-documented villain problem that's another thing that we haven't talked about is like Thanos I think is the MCU's best villain and second place is I don't even know like who is your second favorite MCU villain it's kind of weird. Other than Thanos, I can't even tell you who some of the other villains were. Right. The follow-up question would be, do you know who they are? Because, like... I mean, I'm gosh. typically drawn to, like, any of Spider-Man's villains because I'm just more familiar with Spider-Man, and he's one of my favorite Marvel characters. I don't really know enough. I think the only memorable one, I'd say, was the Green Goblin to that point. Well, and there, and there are a lot of people... And to kind of go back to this idea of like creating villains that have shades of gray to them is like there are a lot of people who will vehemently tell you that the best villain that the MCU has had to date is Loki because Loki is an interesting character with multiple That's dimensions. True. He's helping. I didn't even consider him a villain when we, you guys were saying but, it, but he was. He absolutely was for, in, in Avengers and like in parts of other movies. He's a good guy, then he goes back to being a bad guy, and like. He's a, a layered character. You could say the same thing about uh, Yondu. Oh. Well, Nebula, Nebula would be one, yeah, and then Yondu would be another. Like Guardians, the Guardians franchise has done a good job with that too, where they have these characters who are seen as antagonists, and then they either become protagonists or they flip back and forth. Um, I think those are the more interesting bad guys. It's like you could even, in certain instances, you might even be able to call them antiheroes, and like those are the interesting characters. Characters like um, like Ego are not interesting to me. Uh, characters like Vulture are not that interesting to me. See, that's um, kind of why. So, going back to Spider-Man, uh, and even going back further to the Spider-Man uh, video game, that was kind of why I liked. And spoilers, if you haven't played the game, Tactic, put your earmuffs on. Um, but mm. when, although this is, it's pretty obvious going into the game that it's going to happen. When Dr. Octavius turns into Dr. Octopus, I thought that was probably one of the most well-done versions of him that I had seen because he had been so well-developed as a regular person who you actually could sympathize with a little bit. And then He's very humanized. Yes, he's very, he's very humanized. humanized. So it almost makes you feel guilty when you're fighting him in a way because he's so just well dimensioned he's got all aspects of a person he's not just this bad guy coming after you could not agree more with that um tech tech take your earmuffs back off i don't know if you ever had them so, on so i i, I listen so the reason why I, I mainly couldn't come up with a main villain is because 
I always felt that the Marvel franchise did the superheroes very well, did the stories very well, did the plots very well, but villains are never memorable. And the DC franchise kind of is in, of the same vein, and I always make sure that I talk this up whenever I talk about the DC franchise, is the animated films that are made. Those are by far the best villains, the DC animated ones, of any movies that I've seen. They're always incredibly dark, incredibly twisted, and someone always is murdered by them. And that's crazy to me. See, I would argue that DC in general, and somehow we always get into like DC versus Marvel in these type of conversations, but I would argue that DC in general, even though the darkness didn't really work out for them in terms of what viewers wanted to see in the cinemas... Even if you go into the, the DC TV universe, the the dark villains, the, they're just more compelling than anything Marvel has served up because Marvel has been too peppy and anything dark and bad just feels somewhat inauthentic. Well, right. So, so like the Marvel Cinematic Universe is, in a sense, founded on this idea that we are going to create a villain and they are being created to lose. That is their whole purpose in the story. They're going to lose. They're probably going to lose badly. Um, you're never going to feel like they have the upper hand, truly. Um, Whereas and, DC, like, if you go back to the, the dichotomy between Batman and the Joker, and well, Batman right. never wins. Even when he does win, the Joker still somehow sticks it to him. That's, a, that's exactly what I was going to say. Is like I think the comic book villain conversation in general begins and ends with the Joker because of things like the Dark Knight. I mean, the, I think one of the reasons the Dark Knight was so good and why people loved it so much is that, first of all, Heath Ledger was uh, uh, unbelievable. But second of all, yes, the Joker loses. He is eventually caught in the end. But does he lose? Because he turns Harvey Dent essentially against himself and all that he stands for. Uh, Harvey Dent winds up dead, you know, Batman goes into hiding. So he does not, like, he loses, but he doesn't lose. And, like, I think those are the interesting villain scenarios. Like, and, and Marvel just does not have anything like that. Um, maybe this is their step into seeing something like that. Right. I mean, the Joker has had missteps cinematically, but they have been fewer and further between. Because, like, people like Jack Nicholson's Joker, too. And that was, like, a very different joker but it was people just like the character because the character is has to be one of the best comic book villains ever and marvel doesn't have that like when, when people talk about marvel they just they do not talk about the villains because you know you have thanos he was he was again probably the best one we've seen so far and now he is gone um i've heard people talk about the next big villain being galactus um I've heard Doctor Doom brought up, and, and that's another thing to kind of mention with this multiverse thing, is that people think that the multiverse is going to be the way for Disney and Marvel Studios to bring uh, the X-Men and Deadpool and Fantastic Four um, into the fold after the recent deals with Fox and whoever the other one is. I don't, there's two of them, Fox and somebody else that, that own those characters. I don't know um, how I feel about that. Yeah, I don't know if that's true, and I, I also don't know if I like the idea of literally every superhero being under one cinematic umbrella and behind one, like, plotting electric fence. Um, but I think it's a credible theory. 
for like what their eventual plan is. See, my problem with that, and I guess the multiverse in general, is if you start to overwhelm a single world and a single universe with too many superheroes, it just it becomes too convoluted. It seems almost unrealistic. And in every in every single plot and movie you watch, you always wonder, hey, we're where is so and so at right now? Exactly. Like it their struggles shouldn't be that hard because in a Spider-Man movie, now he should be able to call on any of the Avengers. Like, why did Nick Fury only go to Spider-Man? There were so and many And they poke other... fun at that in the trailer. Exactly. And yeah. they have a new Captain America. Spoiler for Endgame. Yeah, they have... Like, they, they have... have so many different people they can draw on. Why would you choose the most inexperienced kid to take on something terrible? And they, they, they did mention in the trailer that there are a couple people that aren't available, but they forgot ones like Valkyrie and uh, who was the other and one Falcon. I mentioned? Yeah, Falcon. Uh, probably Hulk. I mean, his arm might still be messed up, but he's around. Or even like, like where was, did they mention Black Panther? No, What's he's he he's around. <laughs> like, I mean, he has like a, he has a country to run, but and now he's, he's around. you introduce the world of X-Men and in the X-Men universe, there are so many different mutants and people with powers. It just, it well, makes right. any and struggle kind of just feel babyish. And like, it's, it's artificial. And the flip side of that too, is that when you have a multiverse, um, it's, kind of, it's, it's a bit of a cop-out, right? Because first of all, like you said, you can flood your universe with characters and you never have to trim it down. Um, which I think is where some difficult dramatic decisions are made and where they should be made. Um, but the other thing about it is that nothing is ever permanent. If you make a big decision in one universe and kill a bunch of people, for example, there is another universe where everyone's alive and everyone's doing this and that. Well, that so, like, was something, it, it, I don't know, this is a few seasons old, so I guess it really doesn't matter spoiler-wise, but if you guys have watched The Flash at all, um, and this is now delving back into DC, they really embrace the idea of a multiverse. And it kind of made deaths feel irrelevant because in the entire Arrow, Flash, DC um, universe on the CW, if someone dies, they can go to a different universe and bring them back. And it just, right. nothing feels permanent. There's no real stakes to anything. For know. this to work, for this to work, they're going to have to maintain strong like they can have little offshoots once in a while but they're going to have to maintain strong ties to one one world and maintain a world that we actually care about that we have a vested interest in because if we start putting people on other worlds and doing too much then we're not going to care about any one world very much at all agreed um yeah i i i think it's interesting i think it's cool i think the trailer for going back to the, the original topic which is the trailer for spider-man i'm going to see the movie like I, I maintain that this will probably be where I dip out of the Marvel universe for a bit because I need a break. After or after, okay. after I, I will definitely see it, um, and I'll probably enjoy it because Spider-Man is among my favorite characters. I love the Iron Man Spider-Man dynamic that's continuing because Iron Man was one of my favorite characters as well. So I think it's really cool that he's taken up, apparently taken up that similar kind of mantle. Um, I did. With, I had an issue though with the trailer so they, they did show that all of his friends basically they go on the trip together MJ is there all of his best friends are there but supposedly half of the people in the world should have disappeared with Thanos' snap and then continued to age on 
And then when the people came back after Tony reversed the snap, or no, Hulk reversed the snap, sorry. Right. Then people are different ages. I saw this right. today too, actually. So um, are you are they trying to pass off that literally every one of Peter Parker's closest friends and his aunt they all, all got disappeared? Snapped. They all got snapped? What are the odds of that? I mean, I think it's just like and and I wasn't around last week when you guys talked about Endgame, but a lot of the talk that you see about Endgame is logistical stuff related to time travel, related to the snap, blah, blah, blah. If you spend a lot of time thinking about those things, which are really just MacGuffins, then you're not going to get anywhere useful. Like, I I don't think that they're saying every one of Peter Parker's classmates got snapped. I think they're saying his didn't. core group got snapped. That's the only way it works. I think they're saying we could give a damn and we think you also could give a damn. Like, you will not care at all. I can't. Which... To an extent, I really don't. Like, I understand the desire for continuity, but that's if you're thinking about that during the movie, then they've then they've done something wrong. See, I'm not thinking about it during the movie, but I'm definitely thinking about it after the movie. And some of that is their own fault because if I didn't have Marvel movie fatigue, like it would all just be, wow, this was so awesome, action packed, so well done, loved it, and I wouldn't be nitpicking everything. But because I'm just so like. All of the movies now, the action in all of the movies are always really well done. So it stopped blowing me out of the water. Like, they're extremely entertaining. And the last 45 minutes of Endgame were probably, like, some of the best I've seen. But I was going to say, that that blew me out of the water. Like, it, I get what you mean still, about other Marvel movies, but, like... It didn't, it didn't I, wow me as much as it would have if this was 10 movies fewer in the Marvel universe. I think for every... Every one of the recent Marvel movies, but Endgame and Infinity War, I think that's absolutely true. Like, I saw Captain Marvel, and, well, we talked about that in the podcast. A lot of me, when I was watching that movie, it was like, oh, big, who cares? But, like, Endgame and Infinity War, like, people were dying. There was there were things actually happening to the characters, and you cared about them. So, like, I'm willing to give them a pass on a lot of stuff for that reason. You guys remember how good Thor 2 was? Did not see Thor. That's a, that's a joke, terrible. right? That's the only, fun fact, that's the only MCU movie that I have not seen. It's the only one. And I've been told that that's good, that I should not watch it. Yeah, it was um, real bad. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Spider-Man is coming out, I think in July. I probably should have looked that up before saying it's coming out and then not knowing what the date was. But it's July something. Uh, check it out. Um our last piece of news uh, is about Riot Games. So Riot Games, uh, you may know if you are a League of Legends player, which I am not. Are you guys League of Legends players? I'm not. I've tried it. I think I tried it. I'm not sure. I'm not a big MOBA person. I can't. Get it's not a mobile game. No, not mo- mobile. MOBA. Oh, M-O-B-A. Uh, yeah. Um, I tried it. My, I just... My it takes com- a lot of commitment. Plus, my computer is set up in the office, and I prefer to sit on my couch and play video games lately. Oh, no argument there. I'm a, con- I'm a console gamer myself. My brother is really into League of Legends. Like, he watches, like, I mean, it's like an esports thing now. Like, they televise tournaments. Like, it's a huge deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and he watches it, and it's like a big deal. It makes, makes Riot tons, of t- tons and tons of money. Um, but they're having problems right now because... Um, 
they had a big walkout yesterday. I think it was something like 150 employees or something like that. Over 150 employees uh, walked out to protest, um, basically uh, forced arbitration. So if you have not already heard about this, um, basically there were a number of uh, claims of sexism and sexual harassment, um, especially directed towards some of the higher uh, management members at Riot, including the COO. Um, and they were essentially protected um, by the company and um, the employees were then instead forced to go into forced arbitration, which my understanding is um, it takes the jury out of a trial. Uh, if any of you out there speak legalese, you, I may be butchering this, so I apologize. But um, it seems very corporate, uh, corporate positive and employee negative is what I've read. Um, so a few years back, uh, 20,000 Google employees walked out to enforce arbitration and Google eventually complied for harassment cases. Um, but as far as gaming studios go, this is the biggest walkout. Um, I think it's the first a studio one, this size, right? I don't think it's the first one. I, 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 cause I was reading about this before and I want to say someone said, I think, well, it wasn't Epic. There was another company recently that had a walkout, but it was much smaller. Um, and it, I don't think it had anything to do with forced arbitration. I think it was something about how much they were working the developers or something like that. Um, in any case, this is a very big deal nonetheless. Um, it's a much bigger walkout. It's the biggest. Um, I mean, I think it's you know, really, as as... It's, it's pushing the envelope for unionization in the gaming industry. And I think there was a giant article. I don't remember where it was. But it was a few months ago, there was a huge article about how just the workplace environment in Riot Games was just toxic. Whether you were a woman or a male, it was just, you had to be in the quote-unquote boys club, or you basically felt like you didn't belong there, and you were heckled or just picked on. I don't know what the adult word of picked on is. Um, until you either left or got pushed out, and there just were, there weren't a lot of opportunities to progress if you weren't in the inner circle and you hear about that you hear about all of the different crunch it's funny that we just talked about the sonic movie and forcing those people to crunch but you hear about all of the the developers undergoing constant crunch every time they develop a huge game so i can kind of understand the the incredible crunch because the gaming market right is completely saturated and incredibly competitive so you have to have these obscene deadlines Right, but I mean, they're talking about people who are working 80-hour weeks all the time. It's not short, sustained periods of crunch. This is like permanent crunch. And I know, I don't don't remember what game it was. I want to say it was the Fortnite developers. They didn't anticipate the game taking off as well as it did, or I don't think like as quickly as it did. So now that entire studio is just constantly in crunch. So... What my what I was getting at was you can you can fix things the harassment you can make the workplace better, but with these unforeseen predictions of how well games are going to do where they just blow up, like how do you allocate resources for that? I mean, I think there has to be some way. Like other industries have figured it out, where when there are periods of time when you have crunch available, then maybe you reward your employees with work or you or time off. 
Or maybe like, I don't know, the same person can't be forced to crunch for more than like a couple weeks in a row. So, Some kind of just standard, because right now there really isn't anything. So like, and especially a, when it comes to sexual harassment cases. With like a pie-eating contest, don't reward the winner with more pie. Right, exactly. I, I'm just kind of, I've been reading this article. Um, some of this stuff is, is pretty, pretty heinous. Um, as far as things the COO has been accused of, um, it, it's worth noting that Riot has been very, it's, it's weird, I think. Riot has been very supportive, saying, if you want to strike, go strike. Um, they apparently, a Riot representative released a statement saying, we, we respect rioters who choose to walk out today and will not tolerate retaliation of any kind as a result of participating or not. Um, it's worth noting that, well, 150 people walked out. There are a bunch of people that apparently stayed at their desks. Um, not a great situation. You almost um, have to wonder, at what point, like, did they fire the CEOO? I don't know. I, didn't I don't think they have. The article certainly doesn't say that. Like, at what um, point is that just warranted? There's these, so many people upset at the fact that sexual harassment and just overall harassment cases were not taken seriously. At what point do you just say, okay, we bite the bullet, like, we'll get a new guy in here? Clearly, yeah, he's I not working out. I don't super understand that either. Um, the COO has been retained, uh, but he ha- he did take a two-month unpaid leave. I don't know if he's on that now or if he did before. Um, but, yeah, I don't – how big a deal must this COO be? I mean, if I was the CEO or any other high-up person at the company who had the power to do so, I would just fire this guy because – I mean, first of all, sexual harassment. And second of all, you have employees that are essentially refusing to work because this guy still works there. And also because the company is trying to keep allegations against him from reaching a jury trial. Yeah, And it doesn't Uh, matter what you do as far as the atmosphere goes, because as long as he's there, people are going to be uncomfortable. Yeah. uh, And I, I, I won't repeat some of the stuff that he's been accused of, but... Um, one thing is gendered promotion strategies, which is as great as it sounds, I have to imagine. Crazy to think that that is happening um, at a company that I think fancies itself forward-thinking, like Riot. Um, hopefully it's, it's they get their act together. It's just crazy to think that this kind of stuff is still happening. Well, and, I, and I'm sure that this is not the only company where it is, unfortunately. Far from it, in fact. Um that is not a very rosy place to leave that but let's go to happy town what do do you say and let's talk about what we've been up to uh transition into our wind down segment and uh take it over to tactic tactic what have you been up to i have been up to not much but the biggest thing was spring is finally starting to Spring, Sprung. and uh, been doing some stuff outside, getting ready for the nice weather, trimming the hedges, mowing the lawn. That's been exciting. Love this time of year. When it gets warmer, too hot for me. I, I get really sweaty. Not a fan. Um, but today was really exciting because I got to unclog a drain. That was, that was super fun. It is exciting. What, what was the clog? Uh, it was like a wad of hair. It was gross. <laughs> cool. What did you Take listen to while you were 
you were doing all this kind of stuff. Because I know you were super pumped. Oh, yes. Thank you. So the main thing what why I've been kind of on this kick and being productive is because it doesn't matter what I'm doing. I've just been thrown in my, my headphones and listening to Matt Mason. Okay. Recently discovered this artist. And like you could be pulling a clump of hair out of a drain and you will be in the chillest mood ever. It's Having the time of your life. So I still huh. have not listened. To, um, Technic, I know you shared it with Illegal and I. Illegal, what did you think of him? I have listened to a bit. I haven't listened to much, but I think I listened to like three or four songs. And uh, it was good. I can't imagine unclogging a drain to it, to be honest. But it was... It was a he, he's an he's an alternative indie artist, so it's kind of like the song that I listened to was this like acoustic cut of like this very lyrical, just piano driven. It was good. I was a big fan. Uh, that song was called Cringe, but it was like some it was that Cringe is like his biggest song, but it was like Cringe Unplugged or something like that. I can't remember what it was called. Um, shout out to Matt Mason. Um, listen to our podcast. And hey, we'll have you on and you can play a song. That'd be cool. That would actually be really cool. I'd be so chill. Um, You'd be so chill. So you've been unclogging drains with Matt Mason. But not with him. Well, I mean, in spirit. So Nerd Bomber? So (laughs) I... um... I invested in Game Pass on the Xbox because it's $1 for three months and you get a buttload of games to download for as long as you have the service. And one of the games that I keep hearing about that I've wanted to play is Hellblade, Senua's Sacrifice. And the the main thing, so far I'm really enjoying the game. There, there's two different things about it that are super cool. Um, one is that they employed 3D audio. So if you have really good headphones in, it's just really immersive. It is exactly what it sounds, 3D audio. Like, stuff is all around. It feels like someone's speaking into your ear. It's crazy. Um, but also the other interesting thing is that they hint at permadeath. Um, so every time you die, darkness spreads in your character. And if it reaches her head, then you die. So it puts a lot of just pressure like real on life. Yeah, and, like, you lose all your progress in your game. Like, you don't get to start from a save point. So it's just like how games were in, like, the 80s. Pretty much. But it's, like, kind of stressful. and It's almost as hard as Simba. But it's been a lot of fun. No, The Lion King was super hard. And then, other than that, I've just been reading a little bit. I've been reading some nerdy books, Spider-Man Requiem. I think it came out in, like, the early 2000s, maybe, like, 2008. It's just, like, your typical almost like a fan fiction-y type novel that Marvel published. Interesting. Can you imagine, like, ten years from now, the old folks are going to be like, back in my day, we didn't have to save. We we couldn't save a game. When we died, we were dead. And then, like, some kids could be like, shut up, Grandpa. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. I think about that a lot. I like saving games. Sometimes I, like, I in terms of, like, playing video games... Which, incidentally, I haven't done in a while. Um, I'm an oversaver. Like, I will save more than is probably needed and more than the average person would, depending on the save mechanic of the game. I guess nowadays it's mostly autosave. But, like, back when you had to, like, like in, in Metroid Prime, there were, like, save stations. I would, like, 
hit up a save station, do one minor thing, and then be like, I should hit a save station just to be safe. I was just frequent. I've ruined my story for multiple games because I would get myself into trouble and be like, well, my last save point before this save point was three hours ago, and I guess I'm stuck here now. (laughs) You ever get into a situation where the game like either you do it or the game does it where like you're about to die you're like near death and then the game saves so then like your save point that like when you die you start from is like oh i'm about to die so i'm like totally screwed yep that's exactly what i was referring to when that happens it's usually i haven't saved for hours and then i'll just literally rage quit and end the game forever that seems like the seems like the adult thing to do yes uh you might have just heard a cat in the background I don't know. Did you guys hear that? There's a cat in the background. Guest Uh, star, kitty cat. That's my cat. His name is Charlie. He is one of the two online warriors mascots. Incidentally, the other one is also named Charlie, but he's a dog. Um, We should probably consider starting a segment called Charlie and Charlie, where I don't really know what would happen. I mean, they can't talk. I guess they just look at each other, but that could be pretty good. They could Skype each other. Yeah. Uh, look out for that if you are one of our special super secret uh, Patreon members. Um, as for what I have been up to, uh, I had to see—I had to wait to see Endgame until last week for a number of reasons. Um, so I did see that last week. Um, had some family in town, which is why I wasn't around to cast last week. Um, so that was also fun. Other than that. Um, just kind of finishing up my semester here. Uh, I did finish uh, the book I was reading, which was Stephen King's Mr. Mercedes. I recommend it. And there are two more books in the trilogy. So I will be starting the next one. And uh, yeah, just kind of getting into that, into that delicious summer vibe, you know, um, that the it, weather's finally starting to warm up. Uh, I am not mowing my lawn because I don't have to, thankfully. Um, but yeah, just really looking forward to everything the summer has to offer, and uh, I guess I'm I guess I'm trolling for a new video game, and uh, I, Nerd Bomber has has really been pushing pushing for for Walking Dead. Walking Dead. Um, so that maybe at the front of the line. Um, so be on the lookout for more from me about that. Also, be on the lookout for me creeping up the ranks in the fantasy movie league and by creeping up the ranks i mean i'm still in third place but you're breathing down my neck i am breathing right down tactics neck tactic had a little bit of a rough week nerd bomber and i had strong weeks came in second i'm breathing down tactics neck but but the real point i want to make with regards to the fantasy movie league is that what the hell there's no it's still just us where's the where where are the where are the listeners I'm calling on you listeners. Get in on this. Um, I'm starting to get really scared that I'm going to come in last place, so I I need someone to beat. And that could be you. It would be a lot of fun. I feel like nobody... I feel like Fantasy Movie League is one of those things that people hear when they go to the Regal or something, and they're like, well, this could be fun, but no. So so far, I'm I'm looking at the... I'm looking at the... uh, the kind of lowdown now on our on our league and uh so nerd bomber is up front with 694 million actually closer to 695 tactic has 653 and i am at 651 and we are headed into i think week 
oh gosh, I don't know how many weeks are left. It can't be very many. Um, gosh, why can't I see it? Uh, okay, week seven is where we're heading. So there's four weeks to go. Uh, Nerd Bomber is very catchable. And uh, Tactic is extremely catchable. I also want to note that um, Tactic has not won a single week this season. Yeah, you're having Nerd, a rough season, man. Nerd Bomber and I have each won three. Well, and yet uh, I'm, so we, only, I'm still in second, so come on. Yeah, you must just always be in second. I don't really know how you're pulling that off, but... That's how I live my life. Good, good work, guy. The real, the real interesting thing coming up this week is that um, Detective Pikachu is going up against Avengers. I feel like but, I don't know what to choose here. Well, you know what's especially interesting, too? And for those that don't know how this works, you get a budget of $1,000 a week, and you have to fill eight screens, and each movie essentially costs money. Avengers cost eight hundred dollars this week. <laughs> um, Going to be hard wow. to justify putting that into the into the into the old Cineplex. But I will note that what they've done with Pikachu is they've split in. They do this off with with high highbrow titles that come out. Um, they split it into uh, each day of the weekend, so you can put on one of your screens. You can put Friday's Detective Pikachu on another. You can put Saturday's, and so on and so forth. Um, that way. You for for movies like that that um, if they were just one whole movie one whole weekend they'd be super expensive because they're sure to dominate the box office it kind of makes things more interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so speaking I, of speaking of Detective Pikachu, by the way, I want to throw in a quick shout out for those of you still playing Pokemon Go like myself um, from the from today to the seventeenth. You have an opportunity to catch a Pikachu with a detective hat in Pokemon Go. All you need to do is use the camera function, take a picture of one of your Pokemon, he'll photobomb it, and he'll uh, be available to catch right after. So give it a shot and get yourself a Pikachu. I never played Pokemon Go. I missed that boat. You could still play it. It was a lot of fun, but I don't know why I got out of it. Why did I get out of it? Because you don't have a Pikachu with a little detective hat like I do. Probably. I remember when that thing first came out, man. It was it was the absolute toast of the town. Now I think it's like it's not the toast of the town, it's like it's like uncooked bread of the town. If you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um that I think that does it for us. Uh, I think so. Kind of wrapping up here. Um hit that tight hour mark just about. Um as always, thank you all for listening. Stay tuned for that super super secret segment that we may or may not be recording right after we finish recording this episode um it's gonna be super that, exciting and super secret yeah we're, we're excited um i mean i know that i personally am planning on saying a lot of very ridiculous things during the secret segment so you're gonna want to you're gonna want to cut check it out um and all it takes is a couple bucks on the patreon not so, even a couple just a one one dollar bill just y'all a, dollar dollar bill just, just a crisp George Washington. Um, and we'll be using it to make your podcast experience even better. So with that in mind, thanks again for listening. And we'll talk at you again next week.